problem that most people that get into this industry have when it comes to pricing? Huh. Not understanding their cost. So can you go a little bit deeper into that? Well, there's a couple different ways to look at it. There's the the home body okay. that's you know doing the crafty thing. So they're working out of you know, their spare bedroom and they don't understand that they have costs because yeah. they're working in their house. Yeah. You know? So they don't associate their rent payment or their mortgage payment. And you know, you can break it down to a tax thing where what is it, fifteen percent of your homestead? Something like that. Something like that. Say it with stitches. Good, how are you? So the thing we have to realize is that this is a live shop. So we're gonna take calls and customers will walk in. But that's sort of the cool thing about this show is that we get to present it all as it's actually happening. What you were saying? Uh, they were trying to sell me digitizing. Oh, yeah. And I connected calls him with like the that. person that's in charge with the embroidery department yeah. by hanging up on them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me put you in, in contact with the guy in charge of that. Like, and now they're gonna call me back. Yeah, it's like, well, there's nobody there. <laughs> Tricks of the trade. So what, what ends up happening a lot of times when, I mean, okay, so let's say that it's not someone who's just working out of their house, not just a hobbyist, because in that case, they can easily just be like, well, well let me just shut down the business because I'm just doing this as a hobby. And that's the, the, the part two, is the person that's just now starting a business. They don't know a real understanding of the value they provide versus the value somebody else is providing. Mm -hmm. So you start getting into a space of, well, how much is my competition paying? Mm -hmm. And now my customers are saying, oh, well, the guy down the street charges X amount of dollars. So now I'm trying to base my price off of them. But that operation is completely different from my operation. They have mm -hmm. different costs. They do things differently. So the overhead may be like less. Say my rent's $800. Their rent is $600. Mm -hmm. I wish my rent was $600. Yeah. But the prices are going to be different because they have different overheads to pool. Mm -hmm. the, the way they run their machines is going to be different. Some people run their machines at max speed, which is not recommended by anybody. <laughs> um, you mean all the but, time? But people do that. Yeah. Like these machines can go up to 1,200 stitches per minute. But you start doing that and your quality goes right out the door. Mm-hmm. And while the machines may be sewing faster, you may have more thread breaks to slow you down and all that. Yeah. So economically, it yeah. doesn't make that and much it sense. Make it seems sense. like you're going faster, but really you're just... Well, you're going to sit there trying to re-thread needles more than... Actually produce. Right. Yeah. Um, so like my machines, I stick between 650 and 750. Yeah. Some of that's because they are a little bit older. Yeah. But a lot of that, and most of that, is because I'm concerned in how everything is sewing out and the quality that they're sewing out, and mm. that the fabric's not just bouncing all over the place. And... 
What did that sound like again? Like phones are ringing all over the place. What did that? <laughs> is that how fabric sounds? <laughs> that sounds like something else. <laughs> um, A new form of ASMR. Right. Clapping. Um, and that's going to get picked up by the mic, which is awesome. Um, that just blew out. So the then, mic. then what happens? So they, they try to run their business for however long doing it that way, and then what ends up happening a lot of times? Well, like uh, Stitch and Waves, and I have talked about several times about these people who underprice their work is they last about maybe a year if they can last that long. Sometimes they last two years, and then they close up their doors and they disappear. Yeah. And then we get new clients that say, yeah, I was working with this guy, and then he disappeared. That does suck. That sucks. Like, I've got one client who, when he came to me, he said he's gone through five different embroidery businesses. And every single one... Went under? Went under. Like, he'd show up to their door, and the door would be closed. Yeah. So, in a way, like, actually paying attention to your costs and the amount that you charge, even if it is a higher premium, is kind of respectful of the client because then if you're still in business and they like you, at least it's a guarantee you might actually be around for a little bit longer than a year. Well, and I've got a lot of clients that they come to me because they like the way I put the jobs together. Yeah. And the thought of me closing, I feel, would disappoint them. Yeah. So. So really, it's in like your best interest. To price according. To price accordingly to your needs. I got bills to pay. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think at the end of the day, I have to cover my bills. Well, that's hard. You know that. I mean, I know this because I'm just. I just in the past year really started to pay attention to this. For most people, they want to go on competition, and that's. And I think that's because you know most people go to like a mom and pop, let's say like an Ace Hardware, and they can buy a hammer there for a certain price, but if they go to Walmart, they can get that same hammer for probably a hell of a lot cheaper. So they think that that's the way to go to get the most business is probably to go cheaper, and they think that's going to work out, but they don't understand that now they're not really paying attention to what it costs to run their business, and they have business coming in, but they're actually bleeding out a lot of money in the process. So how, I mean, how'd you end up figuring that out? Or I mean, did it just make sense? Was it an intuitive thing? Well, some degree was just business knowledge that I've had from running businesses. Yeah. Uh, like hotels and restaurants and going to college and learning the equations of how you have to price things. Like. Yeah most commonly with restaurants. So you have a menu item and your eggs cost this, your baking costs this, your bread costs this, your butter costs this. And then knowing how much of that cost is going into the meal that you're preparing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's just the cost of production alone. Right. Yeah. But then 
knowing that you've also have the difference between fixed costs and variable costs and how to factor all that in. That's why I'm excited about this year being the first year that... You're profitable? Well, the, this business has actually been by itself instead mm -hmm. of having a couple other businesses to factor into it because now I can really gauge how much variable costs adjust depending on business. Mm -hmm. Um, but for me, being an Excel nut <laughs> um, and just knowing how to play with the equations and all that, like I was able to build a worksheet that said, all right, these are all my costs for the year. Yeah. Break that down into costs for the month, the week, the day, the hour, and the minute. Yeah. Um, so that way I know how much cost I have in every minute that my business is running. Yeah. And then saying, all right, this is how much I need to make to break even. Break even point is very important to understand in any business because mm -hmm. that is the amount of money you need to make in order to stay afloat. Yeah. Um, and then knowing above that how much money I want to make to keep my business profitable. Yeah, yeah. And I can, I can absolutely... But pricing things still doesn't create the business. No. Pricing things is just purely understanding how much money you need to make. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, like most people don't see that. <laughs> like if... Again, going back to that whole hammer analogy, it's like they just think, well, if, if Costco or Walmart or Target prices this same hammer at this price, then I should try to undercut that. Without really knowing that, you know, just for you to even buy a certain number of units for that particular hammer, it's probably going to cost you even more than what any of those bigger stores are doing because they just have the volume to support it. Um, and I, and I, like, you know, like it's funny that you say a really good point is that you are an Excel nut. Most people that get into business are romantic about it. They don't think about Excel because they just think it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> but, but in order for you to survive, you have to pay attention to the fact that that is a major part of the business. And I mean, like right now I'm doing the, I guess you could say the real hands-on, less romantic stuff. But I mean, this is the the physically demanding creative stuff that really gets from the idea and conception to the physical like deliverable mm -hmm. um, and that's cool but you can't just price on the deliverable alone no and like well, and that's getting into the value based price yeah 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 I get these people that come in with washcloths that they bought at Walmart for <laughs> Nothing. What, two dollars like a washcloth. Yeah. And then so they give me a, a couple washcloths to put a monogram on, and to them they just see it as something small and simple. Yeah. But to me, it's one the amount of time that I have to put in just to run off two washcloths. Yeah. 
But two, I am giving you something that you want that is exclusive to you that you're not going to be able to just pick up at Walmart. Mm -hmm. So there's another value in that. Yeah. You know, if this is what you want, whether it's a monogram, a logo, anything, you can't just go into Walmart and say, oh, I, you know, I want a shirt with my company logo on it. Yeah. So we're putting a whole nother value on top of this item that you may have spent $2 on. And yes, that value is, with me, comes with the price of you know, $25 for one item. Yeah. But I'm also putting in 40 minutes of time just on production side alone. Mm -hmm. So if we're talking to like someone who's aspiring to start their own shop, and you're talking about pricing, how would you break down pricing for them, let's say for a t-shirt? Well, it goes beyond the t-shirt. Before you even touch the shirt, you need to know the fixed costs of this is my rent payment, this is how much electricity is gonna be, this is how much my phone bill or internet bill is gonna be. This is how much I'm going to pay myself. That's the other important part is oh, yeah. if you're not paying yourself. You're not making a living. You need to go you find just... another job. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you're just paying for the, uh, for the parts and pieces to right. actually create the deliverable and nothing more. Right. Yeah. So. And this... then once you have those fixed costs. And just like electricity is generally considered a, a variable cost. But now through the powers of budget billing, FPL has figured out, all right, well, you know, your average usage of electricity is this. We can spread it out so that you're only paying $150 a month. Mm. Sometimes it goes up a little bit. Sometimes it goes down a little bit. But you're able to budget for that cost. Got it. So what you're saying is base pricing according to your fixed or overhead costs. I'm saying you have to know what your, your overhead cost is before you can go to that next Even start step. pricing that shirt out. Because the price of a shirt is all gonna be in the transaction. Well, I mean, you look at a shirt at bulk and you're like, oh, it's a buck a, a shirt, like three bucks a shirt. Yeah. And you think, Whether oh, wow. I'm ordering one shirt or a hundred shirts, Every shirt costs me the same same price. Yeah, there is no difference based on how many shirts I'm ordering. Yeah, but so many people out there have this idea in their head that oh, the more I buy, the cheaper it is. Yeah, but that's not because of the shirt. That's because of the work. Mm -hmm. The embroidery is what brings that price down. The more items you do it. Mm -hmm. um, the other side of that is the markup. You know, a $50 Nike polo has a, bit, a much higher markup than a $10 hat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, on that item, you, you have more wiggle room, but you still need to make sure that you're covering the costs that you need to cover and pricing for a profit. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so that's, that's, that's on the... the um, and there's... 
That's on the creative side. Yeah, and there's a multitude of ways to price an object based on, you know, whether you're doing materials plus labor or just, you know, keystoning the item and marking yeah. it up 100%. Yeah. Or... But the simplest way to put it is that it goes beyond just what you're, as a, as a just thinking like a beginner. At the very beginning, you have to understand. You have to understand like are. the costs, yeah. Cause, and, cause, and even if it's your time, how much is your time worth to you? Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. even as a as a person starting out, from like I said, for me, it was like I would just look at the cost of the sweater and go, oh, like that's it. And then I don't think about the cost to actually produce it because. I'm not paying attention to how much thread is being used, how much electricity is being used, how long it's taking to actually create, the, to digitize the design itself. So it's really paying attention to the overhead costs associated to not just that. And then that's not even taking into consideration how much money you're actually going to make on top of that as profit. So I guess that kind of segues into uh, and you touched on this earlier, like even though, sure, you can go down to a new embroidery or screen printing operation down the street at somebody's house that you heard, you know, your your best friend was telling you about, but... But what if that's just some lady running a home-use Bernina machine where it's just got one color going at a time? Yeah. And then she's got to change that out. Yeah. You know, and it, it may be good, but... But even in my mind, that would have more value in it because there's more work put into it. Mm -hmm. But those people are charging enough. Yeah. So little. Yeah, nothing. And, and, and even though as a customer you think you're getting a bargain for all of that, really it's like what, what might happen down the road if you find that you actually like this person, but they're not paying attention to actually managing their business. And then in six months to a year, you don't, that person's gone because they weren't paying attention to their business. And I think, I think just to wrap, it applies on both ends, on the customer's end and also on the, on the future shop owner's end. Like you really do have to pay attention to the fact that costs aren't just defined by what you think is going to made on top, going to be made on top of the physical deliverable. It's going to be, you have to consider your own value. And there's a lot of things associated to that. It's, it's, um, it's, the fixed cost of, of your own living circumstances, how much you want to pay yourself, taxes, uh, utilities, and then you can start to get into considering what it's, what kind of money you'd like to make. And then you have to have a conscious shift in your mentality because that price may be higher than what you're normally comfortable with. And so it's going to be hard for you to present that to your customers, but in order for you to have a sustainable business, you have to become someone who's comfortable with that price point. And if you're going to compromise, then how are you going to compromise on price so that you actually still meet those numbers? And so it's, it's a balancing game. But at the end of the day, as long as you keep in mind that if this is something you're passionate about, you need to put in the thought and effort into making sure that those things are paid attention to. I, I, I'm just learning. Zach's got a better handle on this. I'm still learning as far as the echelon goes. <laughs> I mean, he's got a six-figure business. And we joke about that number, but he legitimately does have a six-figure business. I mean, it's pretty awesome to say. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's wild to say, but it's true. It doesn't look like it when you're sitting in the shop. It's, it's just like a, a humble-looking place. 
but this is what the makings of something greater can be. You know, mm -hmm. it starts here, and it starts with the little things like that. No. And, and again, like, it's worth paying attention to. It really started four years, four, four years ago. Yeah. Trying to figure out a whole new trade and craft. Yeah. And some of the struggles that went along with that and you know, changing my entire world from a hospitality mindset where the business was already coming to me. I just had to provide what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Granted, there was upsells and suggestions and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't me going out and trying to find the business to bring in. It wasn't me knowing where to even start to look and talk to people other than my family and their friends. Yeah, and online, yeah. probably. So did we miss anything? Is that pretty solid? As far as talking about pricing a little bit? I'm sure there'll be more in the future. Let's press those up. Oh, okay. Um, really, I, I want to start helping people figure out their own individual price instead of just saying, yeah. how much should I price this out for? Because so at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what anybody else says that you should price it out for because nobody else knows okay. your business better so than you. So I guess to say that Zach's kind of expanding into a more consultation space. If you happen to be in this industry or if you just like in general and you're starting a business paying attention to because it, it applies to anything it really does yeah everybody's got cost yeah it's just understanding what those costs are where they come from how much they really are and breaking them down into the time or the product so can they reach out to you on facebook through this video or youtube or wherever this happens to be all of the above all of the above so all the Say It With Stitches, YouTubes, Facebooks, Instagrams, email. all of those things. Email. Yeah. Email's email. a big one. Yeah. And we'll put all that down in the, the description. The phone is very time consuming and yeah. difficult for me to do. Yeah. And you, have, you can be more specific about drilling down into email and really giving yeah. them a structure. Maybe you can even like give them some sort of like... Share my worksheet. Yeah, your, your worksheet. Is that and it? start plugging in what their costs are. Mm -hmm. There you go. And there may even be costs that you don't, that you don't realize, realize exist, exist, but they're there, they're there. Especially, especially for the home business. business. Cool. I mean, you can take a lot into consideration. So that was episode two. Definitely a little more, uh, more, uh, much improved. Peace. Still might have been all over the place a little bit, but. Well, I'll try to wrangle it in. Yeah. Wrangle. Wrangle. So I was looking.